Alright, let's get started. We are in Meseches uh, Shabbos, and today's daf is daf pay number 80. Um, pretty amazing to think that's how far we've gotten this far, so long. Um, and uh, we're going to do a review of yesterday's daf, daf Ein Tess, and then get to today's daf. So let's get started on the uh, review of yesterday's daf. So... First things first, where do we begin? It's at the um, top of the page by the by the two dots. It's about te- eight lines down, um, talking about leather. Okay, so it's saying that the leather, the shear for leather is uh, enough to make a kamea. So Rabbi asked Rav Nachman a question, what about when you're carrying out leather, how much can it be? How big does it need to be? So he says, well, that's the Mishnah. But this is just the introductory question. Okay, the Mishnah says the amount of si- the size big enough that you could write an amulet. Okay, what about working leather? What's the shear? How much leather do you need to work to be chayv? So I say again, uh, same shear. What, uh, uh, what if I'm carrying unworked leather that needs to be worked? So uh, what's that shear? Again, same exact thing. So everything is the shear of 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 the shear of kamea, uh, the size to make an amulet. Okay. Now, how do you know that the shear follows the same way? So it's a it's a it's a it's a mishnah. The mishnah says that uh, when you um, when when you are when when you let's say when you're dealing with the wool. So if you whiten the wool, if you comb the wool, if you dye the wool, if you spin the wool, the all she- the shear is for thread that's long enough for two uh, the uh, which is basically the distance that you can stretch your pointer and middle finger doubled, and that's how long it is. And you see that even and weaving two th- threads, how long is that? Also So you see the process. In all the previous process, it's always the same shear. So, since it's meant to be spun, so the shear is, whatever the shear for spinning is, that's what the shear is for the, the prior steps as well. So he says, there, that's the same logic here. Oh, so Preg the Gemara, um, what if I'm not going to plan on, on, on working this leather? I'm going to use this leather for something else. I'm not going to use it uh, to, to write on. So I'm not going to work the leather, whatever it is, what's this year? Then he says it's still the same thing. So the Gemara says, do we not make a difference between Mu'ubad and Enu Mu'ubad? Um, we ask the Kasha because it talks about when it comes to dyes, um, we do make a, a big difference. Meaning, um, if you're taking out the dye material, it has to be enough for, uh, liquid dye basically to, uh, to produce a sample, which is very, very small. And when it comes to samanim themselves that are not soaked yet, so then enough to to dye a small garment, which is a lot bigger. So what's the so so you see that in the raw state it's more larger shear than in than in its finished state, than in its finished state. So the Gemara says that's a big difference because when it comes to dyeing, if you have to first start soaking, you're not going to soak such a small amount just to make it a, a small sample. You're going to want to do a complete thing, and that's why you need a lot more. 
Same similar question and answer we find by the seeds. Talk about seeds of the garden before planting. Uh, the shear is uh, zeronigina is pachos uh, microgeres, um, and uh, we said it's five seeds. And when it comes out after the planting, so then um, when it comes out for working on the garden, so enough to work for even a single plant is already chayiv. Okay. Question is whether it's a kruv or whether it's a krisha, which is even smaller than a kruv. So the Gemara says, or Papa explains that uh, that's the difference between whether it's planted or not yet planted, because nobody's going to bother to plant for a single seed. Same principle. Okay, so then the Gemara says um, that Brisa brings down that the Chacham agreed to Rabbi Shimon when you're taking out um, uh, 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 when you're taking out um, wastewater to Rishus Harabim, the Shir is a Revius. And what is the use of the wastewater to make, to mix with the, with the dirt to produce like a, a clay, like a, like a mud uh, structure? And uh, after you mixed it, um, the shear of mud that's already mixed is uh, a lot smaller than that. So the Gemara says again, because once you're ready mixing, you're not going to mix for such a tiny use. You can only mix for a more significant use. And that's the difference. Next thing we talked about, we brought a raya um, um, from Rabchia Barami in the name of Ula. There are three leathers, three stages of the leather processing. There's the first stage, which is called matzah, then chifa, and then diftera. The matzah is where you didn't do any, this is in the processing, where you didn't salt the hide, you didn't put flour on the hide, and you didn't tan the hide. And its shear is enough to basically wrap up a weight, uh, a, a very small, a, the smallest size weight, to protect it that it doesn't get uh, cut, broken, you know, to make sure that it maintains its, its full weight, okay? Um, and chifa uh, is partially processed, it's salted, not flour, and not tan, and its shear is the de lasus kamea. And diftera, which is maliach kamiach, is just not tan, that shear is to write a get on it. So bottom line is, what, we have the shear of Kedei Lotzer uh, Bomeshkalus Ketana. So uh, what's the difference? So the Gemara explained, let me just uh, put on the mute. Okay, so the Gemara explained um, that, we're, that the difference is that, uh, that, by, by, that we're not talking about, we're talking about where it's still fresh, fresh leather that was, not, that was just cut off the animal, and that's what we're talking about, and that's a different story because you 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 know it's not even dried out yet, um, you know so it's not even at the first stage of processing, so that's why it has a different shear. Okay. Next thing we talked about is another source that seems to fly in the face of this because it's saying that for the shear of leather for tuma is five by five, and that's what we saw. We went through all the different material, beged sack or mapats, right? And then uh, and that's both for medras and for Tumas Mace. And then we said that Beget, Saken, or the same shear for Tumas, the shear for Otsah. So the Gemara explains, you're right, that's a different kind of leather. That's where it's been processed to be used for furniture, where it's been hardened. They cook it, and then they shape it, and then they let it dry and harden into that shape. 
and that's a whole different story where it's used for to make a chair out of, and that's a whole that's another step that's another situation, and that's not what we're talking about over here either. So that's the answer for that. Took us to the next thing, which is the the when it comes to the cloth, it's kadei lichta lo So how much is a parshiktana? We said that's the smallest parsha in the tefillin, which is ke, uh, which is the shear of Shema Yisrael. Okay, problem with that is is that there's another contradiction because it says that Klaf and Duchsustos this year for is to write a mezuzah, which is as we know mezuzah has parsha of Shema as well as the parsha of uh, of of Ahayim Shema. So the Gemara says no. When we say mezuzah here, we mean the mezuzah, the parchment that's in the Tefillin, which is Shema. So the Gemara says, since when do we call the parshios in Tefillin mezuzah? That's an unusual term. So the Gemara says actually. We find that in a price. The price does do that. The price, because the price was talking about the din toma, tomas yadayim, that you can get, your hands become tummy if you touch the rituals, and uh, if you touch the straps and of the tefillin while they're still attached to the tefillin. And also, but the straps alone not. And then it says that, it, that uh, Rav Shimon Yudha says that in the name of Rav Shimon, that if you touch the Ritzua itself, it's your Torah. But if you touch the Ktsitsa, the, the knot of the Tefillin, then you'll make you tummy. And Rav Zake says in his name that it's Torah until you touch the actual parchment. And the word he used for the parchment is B'mezuzah Atzma. So you see, um, that's, the, uh, that's the scroll. We refer to the scroll as the word, the word Mezuzah. Okay. Um, so the Gemara says... Um, it still doesn't make sense because it says in the Sefer that the Klaf, the Shear for Klaf is Parsha Ketana Shabbat which is Shema Yisrael. Doesn't that sound like that the Reish is talking about Mezuzah? Um, so the Gemara says, you're right. So we have to amend the text. And basically the Brisa, we're, we're correcting the Brisa to say that Klaf and Duchsustus, the Shear is different. Duchsustus is for Mezuzah and Klaf is for the smallest Parsha Ketana which is Shema Yisrael. And, and as we explained yesterday, Duchsustos is the material, they're, they're basically the hide is split. The outer part of the hide is the, the part closer to the outside is where they form the cloth. The part closer to the inside is where the Duchsustos is. And it's a little bit thinner, but that's fine for tefillin. And the cloth is primarily, is I'm sorry, Duchsustos is for mezuzah, and cloth is primarily for tefillin. And we're going to get a little bit into that topic. So Rav says, uh, that's the next thing, that Tuchsustus is Kiklav. Meaning, just like a klaf is good for writing Tefillin, so Tuchsustus is good for writing Tefillin. Now, the Kasha is, it doesn't fit into what we've seen in the Mishnah, because the Mishnah says that klaf is for writing the Parsha in Tefillin, which is Shema Yisrael, sounds like not the Tuchsustus. So the Gemara says, yeah, that's only the mitzvah, meaning ideally you should use klaf for Tefillin and not Tuchsustus. But when push comes to shove, if you wrote it on the Tefillin on Tuchsustus, that also works. We tried proving I it's halachal Moshe Misinai that tefillin's on klaf and mezuzah's on duchsustos. So the Gemara says, and we're on this which side of the klaf, the side that's facing the flesh side of the klaf, and on the duchsustos you write on the side that's facing towards the outside. The Gemara says that the halachal Moshe Misinai is only the mitzvah; it's not the kufa. I Tanya, Shin Apostle. Um, um, uh, that if you switched it, it's possible. So the says, yeah, that's if you switch for a mezuzah. If you wrote the mezuzah on the cloth, that's possible, but not the for tefillin. 
So Gemara says, I, but it says, Shina Bizel Bizel, which sounds like either one you switch is possible. So Gemara says, no, the both things going on in the mezuzah. Meaning, if I write a mezuzah on the klav, on the makam seyar, or I wrote a mezuzah on the duxustos, in the makam basar, either side of those is what's no good. Or, could be that Shina Bizel Bizel is machlokas tanoim. That, uh, that's another option. That the price says that when you switch both things, it's possible. But Rav Acha is machshir in the name of Rabbi Acha Berbchanina or in the name of Rabbi Yaakov Berbchanina. That's another possibility. And Rav Papa says that maybe Rav holds like a different memra. There's, there maybe this Tana indeed is saying it's problematic, but there's a Tana of Menasha that says that if you wrote on paper or on, or on garment material, then it's possible. But if you wrote on klaf or gvil or dechsustus, it's kosher. Now, what does the John of the talk about? Uh, are we talking about, if it's talking about mezuzah, we know mezuzah can't be written on a klaf. So it must be, we're talking about tefillin. And we see that tefillin can be written even on dechsustus. So that's who he's going like. So Gemara says, who says? Because you can't write tefillin on gvil. So obviously we're talking about a sefer Torah. So the ton of is not helpful at all. So then we brought a proof that similarly we find that by tefillin, that if it's worn out, so again, we want to prove Rav right. Why? Because it says if tefillin's worn out, or say if a Torah's worn out, you can't make a mezuzah out of that because you can't be morid mikdusha chamur lekdusha kala. The highest level of kedusha is Torah, then comes tefillin, and then comes mezuzah. Mezuzah is a lesser kedusha than tefillin. Okay? Question is, um, right, because the boxes of tefillin have Shem Hashem in it, which is not the case by uh, by the by the mezuzah. Anyway, the point is you're not allowed to be morid bikdusha. But as far as if we could, we could we could use it as our as uh, for our mezuzah. If not for that, now how could it be good for mezuzah? Uh, it only makes sense if you could write the tefillin on a dosustos. And now I want to downgrade it to mezuzah. So because otherwise, how would it work? If I wrote it on cloth, we already saw that you can't use a cloth for your mezuzah. So the Gemara says, um, and this is the final answer, is that actually, no, it could be that it was written on klaf, and you could write mezuzah on a klaf. How do you know? Because the, 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 we have a source that if you wrote on, it says on klaf or niar, um, Reb Shim ben Elazar says that it's, um, I'm sorry, Tanakama says it's psula, but Reb Shim ben Elazar quotes, um, uh, says that Reb Meir used to write it on klaf because it's protected better. And once we introduce the idea that a mezuzah can be written on cloth, then maybe the whole member of Rav was not saying that that tefillin can be written on dechsustos. He's saying that the other Rabba, he's saying that 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 mezuzahs can be written on cloth. And he was going like this shita of Rabbi Meir, and that is where we left off, and that's the story. Okay. One second. <clears throat>